Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. So we're all pretty familiar with um, the concept of anxiety. You know, you might experience your chest tightening or difficulty breathing or dizziness or your palms are sweaty or you just 
are really avoidant of something specific. And it's it's common for us to have anxiety about money as well, because money is something that provides safety and security for us. And we're all coming to the table with a different money background, money story. Um, and finances can be really difficult to um, understand as just a layperson if you don't have a financial degree, which most of us don't. So to understand the relationship between anxiety and money is really beneficial to putting yourself on the right track financially and also reducing some of that um, anxiety and worry around money in the first place. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna. Money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. Welcome back to the show. It is so good to have you here. Now listen, I am a big fan of this episode because I will be the very first to raise my hand and shout, I have money anxiety. It took me so long to be able to say that so emphatically. Well, our guest, Emily Rose, she's here to enlighten us all on this topic of money anxiety. Emily is a school psychologist, yoga teacher, and the author of the journal Write It to Write It, and also runs the blog MissMagnoliaSays.com. As Emily says, we all have anxiety around money, but for each of us, that just looks a little bit different. And our biggest anxieties, they tend to come up from the comparison trap. You know, the shoulds. We're all familiar with the shoulds, right? I should know how to invest. I should do this with my money. I should have a good credit score or I should own a house right now. It's completely normal to run through this laundry list of all the things you should have done. In fact, Emily's overall message is that having anxiety is actually normal. See, we all have anxious thoughts around money and that's okay. In this episode, Emily helps you understand how anxiety might be showing up for you ways to recognize those pesky, anxious thoughts, and some practical exercises to help you when you feel your money worries just bubbling up to the surface. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Let's dive in. Well, Emily, it is so amazing to have you on the podcast. You are a listener of the podcast, and I'm also a big fan of yours, so it is so great to have you with us. Thank you so much, Shauna. It is awesome to be here. I've been listening to this podcast probably for three years now, and I'm just so honored to finally be a guest and get to chat with you today. Well, we're talking about a topic that is is like really near and dear to me. It's this, you know, money anxiety and everything that it does to us. And 
I love these conversations because I come to this from the money expert side of things, really seeing how anxiety, stress, unconscious bias, family history, all of these things impact not only your money, but just how we sort of deal and approach money and the the relationship that we have with money. But you come to it from the psychological side of things, <laughs> more of the the actual what's going on in our brain. And so I'm thinking maybe together we can really sort of combine our power forces in this episode and provide at least some insights, maybe some actionable tips. But just kind of starting out, what do you think causes the most amount of anxiety when it comes to finances? Yeah, that's an awesome question. And anxiety just in general looks different for every person. So I'd say every person would probably answer this differently, like what makes them the most anxious about money. But I would say um, in every context where we get hung up is just in comparison, like the what I call the shoulds. So I should have um, my dream job by now, or I should have this much in savings, or I should understand investing and the stock market. And all of those things are overwhelming in their own right. And then just like you mentioned, we're all coming at um, approaching money. We're all coming at it from having our own history, you know, with um, what our family demonstrated with their beliefs around money and what we may have seen or inherited. Um, and then how we try to approach money ourselves and maybe the the good things that happen money-wise, like, you know, the ultimate winning the lottery or the bad things that might happen, like you get um, in over your head with a car loan or lose your job. So um, I think, you know, anxiety, like I said, is different for everybody. Um, money is different for everybody. But the one thing that I like to tell my own anxious brain anytime it's kind of going off the rails with chatter and whatever, um, is that everything is fixable. Everything is solvable. There's mm. no point where you, um, you know, can't backpedal or can't learn something new. It's just um, sometimes bad things happen, but life doesn't stop. So um, it's just learning how to breathe and pivot and understand that, you know, not everything is going to go the way that we want it, money or not. Um, but we, you know, we can always take care of ourselves and always pivot and take a next step. And I think something for me is I didn't realize, uh, let me backtrack the story a little bit. So in my 20s is really when I got into personal finance and I, I started working with my father who was working with these really wealthy people. And I started to see a lot of similarities between people who are making a lot of money and people who are not making a lot of money from, from the behavioral side of what's going on in our brains and like what is stopping us from achieving certain goals, I started to notice, hey, we kind of all are alike. Like it's almost we could throw out whatever the dollar amount is. We all sort of behave the same way. And there's also sort of this, I call it like the secret to success when we understand what's going on in our heads and our family stories and all of those things that really does then change the game when it comes to money. But for me, it took me a really long time to realize that I had money anxiety, that this was mm. actually something that was happening to me. I don't know. I, it's, it's weird. It's like I just didn't have the vocabulary or I didn't really have it explained to me in, in such a way. So I'm wondering for somebody out there who's kind of on that cusp, like wondering, do I have anxiety? 
What are some of the mm-hmm. ways that we can recognize anxiety is is part of the equation? Yeah. That's a really great question. So um, I think you you can kind of frame this in everyone's question for like, am I normal? What is normal? Do I have X, Y, Z? Do I have anxiety? And so I have a lot of different opinions on like, you know, diagnoses in general, because sometimes like anxiety is a normal response to a stressor or a threat. Um, it's the way that your your body responds to um, a certain situation. So um, anxiety sometimes is normal. The way that we know um, if something is really impacting our lives in a negative way or preventing us from doing things is just kind of having that awareness of, okay, is this a normal worry? to something that's negative because we are able to experience negative emotions and it not be, you know, a pathology in any way. It's very normal to experience a full range of emotions. But if you are feeling, you know, intense or excessive or persistent fear or worry that you feel like falls more into the realm of anxiety or something that's chronic that you might really need to address, Um, Or if you're noticing that you're avoiding certain things, like I can't check my credit card bill because it just, it makes me so anxious. I can't do it. Um, And it's preventing you from kind of doing things in your life. Then I'd say um, it's, it's something to address for sure. And whether that, you know, we can address it in the moment with grounding techniques, like Um, really trying to bring yourself into your body and kind of out of your swirling brain um, by naming things that you see in your environment or naming things that you hear, maybe things that you smell, just really trying to bring yourself into the present moment. Um, I know that's more talking about just like strategies to deal with anxiety in general, but it's hard to say. um, It's hard to recognize, I should say, in your own self, like, what am I experiencing? Um, And one of the things that I really like to do when I feel like I am not an objective observer of my own life (laughs) is really write it down. So I know you have the money mindset journal, and I actually worked through it a lot last year. I was doodling in that like crazy. Um, And so putting things on paper is really helpful to kind of assess where are you at? Like, where are your, um, you know, anxious thoughts stemming from? What are they impacting? Is it something that you need to address? Um, And then how might you go about addressing that? So I'd say writing it down first is a really helpful way to kind of recognize um, where, where you're experiencing this anxiety and what level um, it's coming to, what it's impacting and then go from there. I love this idea of writing it down. I was just teaching a class, a money class last night, and I share this this statistic, tough word for me. (laughs) It is a tough word. Gosh, that um, people who write down their dreams and goals, just Mm -hmm. literally the difference between thinking it and actually writing it down, earn nine times more than people who don't. I mean, that's a huge amount of money in, in just even the probability of that. And so when you're talking about writing down your feelings, what what is that what is that process doing of getting it out from your head and getting it down on paper? Like how does that help us? Yeah. Well, I'd say again like it really you're not no one is an objective observer of their own life. So kind of getting things out 
um, because your thoughts and your feelings and your behaviors all kind of feed each other. And it's really hard to parse that out just by thinking about your thoughts, if that makes sense. So writing them down gives you even the smallest degree of separation where you might do this in two different sessions. You might kind of brain dump everything, write everything down um, on a piece of paper or in a journal, close it up, walk away, and then come back to it when you're not in that activated, anxious brain space, if that makes sense, and really be able to notice, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that in this situation, I respond this way. And I can see that mm. pattern now that um, you know I'm going back and looking at it because when we are in a moment of anxiety, you know, we're not it's not easy to think rationally. That part of your brain is almost completely cut off when you are um, in that activated, anxious state. So um, that's that's why it's really helpful to kind of almost separate your your um, your brain, like your just like thinking process from your actual analyzing process. Um, so I would highly recommend starting there. I'm a huge fan of that. I often tell people this exercise of just literally making like a check mark or a line mark or something like that. You could do it in your notes app on your phone or I like on a piece of paper. How many times you actually think about money throughout the day? Mm -hmm. And then the second part of that is how many of those thoughts are negative? And I did this exercise the first time myself years ago and I was like, oh my gosh, like I had no idea how many times something around money and something negative is kind of swirling in my brain. And then I was like, well, let me do an experiment and have other friends do this too. And they came back to me like, oh my God, like I spent this much time thinking about this. And so I think what's great about what you're sharing is that it's, it, I think it all starts right first from this just awareness point of this is kind of where I'm at. And it's not a judgment zone of yourself. It's just, this is kind of what's going on. And then, you know, then we get to like the tools, tips, techniques, and all of that sort of stuff. But first we have to recognize that we're either in an anxiety swirl or or just something's happening with us. Yeah, absolutely. And in my day job as a school psychologist, like I work with students who have um, like learning differences or learning challenges. And every time I introduce myself, I say, you know, my job is to figure out how your brain learns best. So we're going to do some puzzles. We're going to do all these different things. And that's my job. And then after this, you know, I will write a report. We'll talk about it. And I can kind of give you a window into how your brain works. And we can do this for ourselves on a smaller scale. And maybe it's not as scientific, but even asking a friend like, hey, what do you notice about me? Like, what do I, when we're maybe getting lunch together, do you notice anything where um, the check hits the table? Do I act react a certain way? I don't know. Are, you know, the people that are close to us have um, a front row seat to our personalities, um, how we might react in any given situation. And um, even if you don't think that they would have picked up on anything, they might tell you, oh, hey, yeah, um, when this happens, um, you act like this. Or I've actually heard you say many times like, oh, I don't have the money to do that. Um, but, you know, right. we work the same job. We, you definitely have the money. So, um, or just noticing like, 
it's a scarcity mindset thing, if that makes sense. Like your friends might notice um, you you say you can't do this with us um, and that you don't have enough saved or enough. Like what is enough? So you never know. And it's great to have an objective person. Um, but doing that in writing can help you kind of be a little bit of that objective person yourself. Or maybe you pass it off to a friend and say, hey, look at this. Tell me what you think about it. Um, so getting out of our own heads as as best we can is a really great place to start. And you, when it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy, workout-friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding? or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical. If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. 
You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. You are very open about your own anxiety, depression story. I have shared mine many times on this podcast, and I love... I guess I shouldn't say the word love, but that you describe it as this delicious cocktail of nature versus nurture, which I think is probably a reality for most of us. I was wondering if you would just even share a little bit of your own story, kind of battling these, um, I call them the two big scary monsters, anxiety and depression, and and how you've worked through them yourself. Yeah. Well, Anxiety in general um, definitely just feeds money anxiety. It feeds everything anxiety. (laughs) So um, these are all definitely interconnected. So I'm happy to talk about it. Um, I really, I had like my first panic attack when I was 11 or 12. Um, I had um, I had a sinus infection and I had like cracked a vein in my nose, and so my my nose was bleeding like crazy. I know it was awful, and so I responded in a way that was, I felt a little overkill to the situation. I was like, why am I, I feel like I'm dying. You know, like my, um, it's really hard to breathe. My chest is really tight. My knees are numb. I'm dizzy. Like it was all these things I didn't understand. And I related it to my nosebleed. Like, of course I'm dizzy. I've lost all this blood. (laughs) Like I, you know, um, and then I, you know, after it happened the first time, it started to happen more and more. And what I've realized about myself since from doing things like sitting on couches in therapy and journaling and all these different things of self-discovery is that I'm kind of a delayed processor, if that makes sense. So there's something that I call like a threat hangover. And the best way I can describe this is like in the moment, when you're um, going through something really tough, like for me specifically, I grew up in a household with a parent who was abusive. And so I was constantly stressed. And so these panic attacks felt like they were coming out of nowhere or this anxiety felt like it was coming out of nowhere. But really, once I was alone and I my body felt more safe or my brain felt more safe, it was like, let's process everything that just happened. <laughs> and so that's how my anxiety kind of started. And um, relating it to my money story, uh, my grandparents, one set of grandparents are immigrants. So, you know, the story of like coming to this country with $16 in my pocket. So you better make something of yourself. Like that was one side. The finger wag at you. All (laughs) Yes. All the things where they're simultaneously proud. They're so, so proud. But then there is a lot of stuff that you carry where you're like, oh my gosh, well, I got an A this time. I better get it next time. 
But anyway, on the other side of my family, um, my mom grew up in like rural Ohio. Um, so it was the same thing where it's like you you have to make something of yourself. Um, and I carried a lot of that um, scarcity mindset like I kind of talked about where um, you really worry about, well, do I have enough money? Am I going to have right. enough money to take care of myself? Um, what is important to spend my money on? So kind of denying myself the things that money is for once your expenses are paid, which is like, you know, enjoying your life. It was, it's been really hard for me to kind of, um, you know, spend money and identify what is enough. And if, um, you truly have enough to cover your expenses and you still feel insecure, that's something else that you still have to dig, dig into so that we're making more data-driven decisions with our money um, and less emotional decisions with our money. And I don't say Mm -hmm. that as in like emotions are silly and negative and we need to be smart. I say that as like we can't, um, you know, our money can't grow if we're not investing because we're hoarding it in a savings account and all these things. So your money mindset, your history really plays in um, on your financial future. So there's so much I could say. Um, about my own mental health experience, but for the sake of the listener, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna pause there so I don't go on forever. <laughs> no, I mean I think that's what you shared. Thank you for that transparency. Is that's a very relatable story, and so many of us have grown up in families where maybe there was some sort of abuse or had relationships where there was abuse and. That then somehow impacted our not only, of course, view on everything, but also our view on money. I mean, I was in a relationship, a dating relationship, where there was financial abuse. And I didn't recognize what was going on until afterwards. And I was like, oh my God, I I was like, that was me. How could that have been me? And then you took me many, many years. I, I think I'm still processing through it. So I love sharing these stories because I feel like there's got to be at least somebody out there listening who maybe there's a little piece of the story that they relate to and realize that money anxiety is is just this really real thing for so many of us. Even if we're in what we would call, quote unquote, like the perfect situation, we can still have this money anxiety and, and, and not even recognize that it's there and really causing us a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that too, because you're absolutely right. I mean, we have this perception of abuse as a singular thing, like, you know, black eyes or pushing someone down the stairs or all these like horrible, you know, physical um abuses or violence, but really it's so many different things. Financial abuse really does keep people stuck in bad situations. Like if you don't have a credit card, if everything is in your partner's name, or maybe they are also um, on your accounts and they empty all of your accounts, then you have all this stress about, well, I don't have safety. I don't have options. And those things are really, really scary. And like you said, it lingers. It absolutely lingers. So um, I love that, you know, you talk about prioritizing, unpacking your money mindset, unpacking your money story, because we we really can't realize how much something impacts us day to day until we really sit with 
everything we've been through, um, you know, financially or otherwise, and figure out how, why are we behaving the way we behave? Why does our, why do we think the thoughts that we think and feel the way we feel every day? Um, and until you kind of have that great picture, um, you can't really, um, you know, move past a lot of these things. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Yeah, I, I love that this episode is like, I hope we're giving people permission to like hit the pause button and think about, because we don't, we just go through life and life is busy and chaotic and crazy and we just, we pay our bills and we do the things and we don't often have time to really sit and think about these things, but these things are important. They're part of our process, part of our growth. And I think of a strong part of the recipe to kind of getting to the life that we want to live, right? We're not, we don't, it's not about erasing anything that's happened to us, but it's just this understanding. And I want to talk, so you talked about journaling, you talked about a naming exercise. Are there any other exercises or tips or things we can do when we are noticing that anxiety and stress starting to bubble up? Mm -hmm, absolutely. So um, just like everybody experiences anxiety a little bit differently, they are going to um, have different strategies work for them. So um, there's a couple of things that I'll share, but then really, if none of these work for you, it doesn't mean that you're wrong or broken or your anxiety is incurable for the rest of your life. It just means you haven't found what works for you yet. Um, so to summarize the strategy that I talked about before, it's called grounding. So naming what's in your immediate environment to kind of bring yourself out of that, you know, mental spiral, emotional spiral, and really bring yourself into your body in the space you're at, realizing you're safe. Um, so grounding is just um, naming things you see, naming things you can feel, um, naming things you can smell or hear that just really brings you back into your the present moment. Um, another thing that I think people dismiss really quickly because it sounds too easy is just deep breathing. And the reason why this gets suggested so often is because your, your body um, 
can't it can't do two things at once, essentially. So if you're activated in this fight or flight, your body is prioritizing like getting ready to run or flee a bad situation. But if you are breathing deeply, like inhaling for four or five count and exhaling for five or six and doing it repeatedly, your body is like, well, wait, we can't be in a threat or a stressful situation or something dangerous to us if we also have time to breathe deeply. So it really is just kind of like interrupting um, that pathway. Um, So deep breathing is really helpful. Um, Grounding techniques are really helpful. And then depending on your comfort level, this probably isn't helpful in a moment of anxiety. But if you notice um, something like I said before, where you're avoiding opening your credit card statement or you're um, really nervous to learn about investing, um, there's there's something called exposure therapy, which is used for people typically who have very serious phobias, like if you're scared of um, elevators, practicing, okay, I'm going to stand on the elevator with the doors open, then I'm going to get off. I'm not going to ride it yet, but I'm going to expose mm, myself right. to what I'm afraid of little by little until you're riding that elevator up and down the stairs or up and down the building, no problem, or you're um, looking at your credit card statement a couple times a week and not feeling super anxious or super emotionally activated. So um, that's something that is, I feel like, a little more advanced because it is stressful. But like I said, um, we are supposed to experience negative emotions. It's just information. We know I'm having this reaction for a reason. I'm not going to die. It's not going to kill me. How can I breathe through it, move through it, and then learn from it? And what can I do next time to maybe, you know, feel less bad or tell myself that it won't last forever? Um, So those are the few that I'd start with. And then, like I said, if those don't work for you, you're not broken. You just haven't found what's worked for you yet. So I would encourage you to um, do some research or if you have a therapist yourself, maybe asking for some strategies and ideas. Um, But those are some of my favorites. Boy, that exposure therapy. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I used to, uh, in full transparency, I feel like I'm saying that over and over again in this episode, (laughs) but I used to go to the ATM back when, you know, we went to the ATM and uh, the receipt that would come out, I would fold it up and I would mm. stuff it in my wallet and I would not look at it. And it was the craziest thing because I knew there was money in my account, but I have this brain where it, it works very well helping other people with their numbers. But for me, it goes crazy with numbers like subtracting things and adding things. And I mean, it's just, it's like I go down this whole spiral. And so I realized at one point I was like, okay, this this is not good. Like I need to be able to look at this ATM receipt. Like this has to be okay. (laughs) And so little by little, I would like peel back like the tiniest corner. And then I would next time go a little bit further to the point where I was like, okay, I can look at this and I might have an emotion, you know, one way or another, but it's like you said, it's not life-threatening. It's going to be okay. So to anyone listening, if you have, you know, something weird like that, just know you're not alone. Like this is money is this tough subject. And for a lot of us, it's very charged, very charged. Yeah. And we are all weird in different ways or we all react (laughs) differently to different things. And that's okay. Like normal is only, you know, a 
it's only a way to quantify people. It doesn't really mean anything. Where it's like most people aren't afraid to look at receipts. Well, who cares if you are? It's something that you, you know, need to address for yourself and that's okay. Um, so I I love that story. And I did the same, the same thing with just like social anxiety in high school where I would never raise my hand. I would rarely talk in class. And um, I was taking a introductory psychology class at like the local community college because my high school had this partnership with them, which was awesome. And I watched a video about exposure therapy and decided, okay, I'm going to raise my hand in class. And I hope I don't get called on the first time, but I'm going to put it up there. And then the next time, like when I get called on, I will respond and that'll be scary. And I'm sure I'll be, you know, sweaty and nervous and anxious and all these things. And I'll never want to do it again. (laughs) But then the next time it'll be easier. So yeah, we all, you know, we're all moving through life, trying to figure ourselves out as we go. That's the only way to do it. Nobody just arrives in this world perfectly understanding of themselves, unencumbered by their past. You know, it's just it's a process with knowing ourselves, knowing um, how to move through uncomfortable emotions or circumstances, learn about all the things we need, like money, you know, Um my, I have a relative who has struggled with an eating disorder for much of her life. And the hardest, one of the hardest things about that is we need food to live. Right. And food is the scariest thing for her. And, you know, money, while it's not the same struggle, of course, it's similar. You know, we need money to survive. We need money to buy ourselves, you know, shelter and insurance and transportation and, you know, health care and all these different things. So money is a particularly anxiety-inducing things because you can't really easily decide you're not going to face it, you know? Right. It would be easy to just say, oh, I'm just not going to deal with yeah, money at I'm all. I'm going to move to an island. <laughs> right. Yes. I don't exactly. need anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, you also have this amazing guided journal that I've used. Uh, I still use. It's on my nightstand and it's called Write to Write It. And it's all about helping through this this anxiety, and I love you call it scattered brain thoughts, which that directly describes my brain. But one of the chapters is on uh, self acceptance, kind of circling back to the beginning of the episode when you were talking about you know the should haves. We all have these should haves around mm-hmm. money. Maybe we should have invested, or we should have done this, or we made this mistake. So uh, thinking about this idea of self acceptance, like how can we? reframe or use positive self-talk or even have some level of, of acceptance for where we're at and, and maybe what we have or haven't done in the past. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for bringing up the journal too. I, I will say it's so funny to hear the title said aloud because every time I say it, I realize that it's hard to picture the way that it's written. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking that when I was writing that. Uh, yes, yes. I know. I just made it as tricky as possible apparently. But yeah, the journal is called Write It as in Scribble to write it as in to correct it. So um, yeah, in case anyone was confused, but I actually have a really good story about, you know, self-acceptance and anxiety and fear and all of these things. Um, When I was a teenager, probably 15 or 16, um, my parents had gotten divorced. And so I knew all of these statistics about, well, if your parents are divorced, then you're you're, you know, 50 or 60 time or percent more likely to get a divorce yourself. And right. of course, like, I don't know that number exactly, but it was higher um, than if you were from 
um, you know, uh, a quote unquote unbroken home, I guess. So I was just worrying myself silly and telling my therapist, you know, I don't even understand the point. Like if I get married, I'm just going to get a divorce. It's I, I'm doomed for the rest of my life. And she said, she looked me straight in the eyes and said, you might, you mm-hmm. might get a divorce. People get divorces. You might get married and you might get a divorce. And then what? And that just exploded this fear of mine. Like I talked about before, where like, I can't fix anything. If the worst thing happens, I can't fix it. Um, And I think that's the basis of self-acceptance, where it's just like, if the thing you dislike about yourself or the thing you're afraid of never changes or comes true, then what? Then what? If you can't change it, do you want to worry about it every single day? Do you want to confront it? Do you want to grieve it a little bit more? Do you want to run away from it? Do you want to laugh about it? Like we we get to have choices and um, there's so much pressure to make the right decision the first time and know ourselves perfectly or know the right answer to something or know how we should behave and then do it. Because there's so many times where I'm like, I know that I should just, you know, not look at the negative comments on Instagram and then I do it anyway. And so we're not perfect people and nobody is. We're constantly evolving and every day is different. Um, So I'd say self-acceptance first comes with deciding that it's okay. You know, if bad things happen, you are perfectly capable of um, wrapping yourself up and saying, I can get through this or, um, you know, leaning on other people or telling yourself like, so what? This happened. Now what? What am I going to do about it? And if you want to sit in that negative thing for a while, yeah, you can. You can pout and say like, oh my gosh, this thing happened. It was awful. That's part of processing too. But then you know, what do you want to do with something or, um, you know, just giving yourself permission to not let um, your money story or feelings of anxiety or any of these things that feel so big or so um, in charge, um, not giving them the mic the whole time and just saying like, okay, I hear you, but I'm good. You know, I, I know myself, I've got this and it really is an ever evolving process, but um, whoever you are can change day by day. You can learn more about yourself every single minute of every single day. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Well, I feel like I've just had a therapy session for the past <laughs> half hour. So thank you very much for this. <laughs> I, especially on an episode like this, I'm just wondering as we close out, are there any like words of wisdom or sort of a maybe a parting thought that you leave us with if if we are someone who is feeling anxiety in whatever way it is around money what do you want us to remember after this episode yeah that's a really good question um i would say just remember that whatever your reaction to money is positive or negative, whether it's impacting you um, in your daily life or something that you feel like um, you're avoiding, just know that your relationship with money can change or the thing that you're afraid of most 
doesn't have to define you or it's not completely insurmountable. So you are capable. Everybody makes mistakes. It's the only way that you learn. It's the only way you learn a lesson, I feel like, the first time. Because <laughs> you can, you know, read something in a textbook and it sticks much less than if you experience it in real life. So making mistakes fast tracks you to learning more about yourself. And that is a beautiful and positive thing. Um, and you really have all the answers. You have all the capability in the world, even if you don't understand something or you really dislike something, to delegate um, or find out more information about something. Um, you know, you're you're not a stagnant um, person. You're ever changing, and um, yeah, you you can do this. I love it. Well, tell everyone where they can go to find you, and if they're interested in write it to write it, <laughs> tell them where they can find the journal. Yeah, absolutely. So I am. You'll find me most on Instagram. Um, my handle is just at Miss Magnolia says. Um, I also have a website of the same name. It's just called MissMagnoliaSays.com. And that's where you can find the Write It to Write It journal. And I also have a discount code for everyone listening. Um, it's just MMONEY20. So it's 20% off the journal. Um, and I hope you love it. I hope you find it beneficial. Um, I wrote it for everyone with scattered brain thoughts, just like you, Shauna, because I am one of those people too. So um, yeah, that's where you can find me. I have so many takeaways from this episode, but this really stood out to me. Emily shared that our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are all kind of intermixed and they just feed each other. That's why getting your thoughts out and writing them down is just such a powerful exercise. There's something in pen to paper. It allows you to see patterns and I think really understand those anxious thoughts. It's definitely one of the reasons why I created the Money Mindset Journal to create this simple way to cultivate a healthy relationship with money. If you don't have one of our journals, grab a blank notebook. If you don't have a blank notebook, grab a piece of paper and just start writing your feelings down. Just get out all those feels. So the next time you have one of those nagging anxious thoughts, first, I want you to know it's totally normal. And second, why not try one of Emily's exercises to start creating some distance between your thoughts? Worst case scenario here, it just makes you feel a little bit better. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend or family member who you know needs to hear this message. You can head right to those show notes for all the links to our episode guest, as well as all the sponsors who make the show possible. I will see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance. 
so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value.